0: Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church.
1: Let us sing a song A song declaring we belong to Jesus He's all we need Lift up a heart of praise Sing now with voices raised To Jesus Sing to the King sing a song a song declaring we belong to Jesus he's all we need lift up a heart of praise sing now with voices raised to Jesus sing to the key. sing to the King, sing to the King, sing to the King, yes, sing, Lord, you are my King. Jesus, you are my King. You are my King. Jesus, you are my King. Amazing love, high. That you, my King, would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you in all I do. I honor you in all I do, I honor you. Oh, the Lord, he is holy. Worship him as we sing these chords together. Holy is the Lord, and shout to the Lord. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He And together we sing Everyone sing Lord God almighty the earth is filled with his glory holy is the lord god almighty the earth is filled with his glory the earth is filled with his glory We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He And together we sing Everyone sing God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy. Forever I love you forever I stand Nothing compares to the promise I have in
2: Praise the Lord! I'm sure that we've all enjoyed that invisible orchestra that we've enjoyed today. What praise the Lord? Hadn't this music just been great? I, I so much appreciate uh, Brother Rockney. It's been tough not having uh, you all with me. Uh, I've been having to preach to cameras over the last few weeks, but boy, hasn't this music gotten our hearts ready uh, for the message that the Lord has for us each week? The, the Lord has just blessed us with these times of worship. Well, Brinesburg, we are very glad that you're with us this morning and I pray that the Lord has blessed you in this past week. We've gotten some uh, encouraging news uh, throughout the week of, of it seeming that we're beginning to, to find out a timeline of the phases of getting back to a, a little bit more of a normal life and uh, many of you are going to be able to get back to work and, and that's, that phasing in is going to happen over the next week to two weeks Uh, but we also got word of of kind of the idea of when we're going to be able to gather back together Uh, here uh, within uh, our our church buildings and to worship together. And I just want you to be ready. Uh, I want you to know, Brinesburg, things are going to be different. It's not going to just be like it was the last week that we were here. Uh, We're going to have to take a lot of precautions. And uh, Brother Rockney and I, as well as our deacons and other leaders within the church, we're working through all of those issues. Uh, But you should know there won't be Sunday school uh, when we first come back. Not in the building, we'll still be doing that. Uh, through our Zoom platform uh, for at least uh, the next uh, few weeks, even after we come back into the building, uh, there still won't be any childcare. Uh, so your children will need to sit with you during worship. Uh, so that'll be different. We're not going to be able to hug when we first get back in, and I know that's going to be tough for many of us. I'm a hugger, uh, and I and I wish that we could do that. Well, we can't do that. We can't shake hands and that kind of thing. Pass plates. So things are going to be quite different. But it will be good uh, to come back together and be able to worship together. Uh, We are probably going to have to have uh, multiple services um, on those first few weeks as we come back in in order to be able uh, to still do the social distancing that we need to be able to do. Uh, But in the next week or so, as we get more information of what the exact guidelines are going to be, Uh, We're going to be getting you a lot of information. We want you to be ready. We want you to begin to kind of prepare yourself uh, for what that's going to be like. But we're excited about the fact that we do see uh, a time when we're going to be able to get back together sometime uh, this month. And so we praise the Lord for that opportunity. Again, this morning, we recognize that we've got uh, some folks within our church that are struggling health-wise, uh, not just because of COVID-19, but we've got many folks that are uh, facing many other issues right now. Some folks that are going to be facing some surgeries coming up as, as our hospitals are beginning to open back up and do some more things like that. And so I uh, certainly want to pray for folks that are uh, going to be having surgeries and procedures this next week. Uh, I know this hasn't been easy on many of our families financially, again, as we've had job losses and as we've had financial setbacks, but also just the the stress that's been uh, present for all of our families. And so we certainly want to pray for one another. But most importantly, I don't ever want us to lose our focus on this being the year of one. How have you been reaching out? to share with your one uh, during this time of quarantine? How have you been uh, trying to find those times to have uh, a random act of kindness to show them your love uh, and the love of the Savior? How have you been trying to open up lines of communication for conversations that will uh, lead for an opportunity to share the gospel? And So be thinking about that. Be praying about that. And so we certainly do want to ask the Lord to continue. Uh, to open our hearts and minds uh, each and every opportunity we might have. And maybe, again, it's sharing this service. It's, it's inviting somebody to be a part of this. Uh, and so we hope that uh, you're, you're praying about those things as well. Again this morning, if you're joining us, maybe the first time you've you've gotten involved here on this platform, uh, we want you to let us know that you're here, maybe your first time guest, period, Uh, and we want you to just uh, send a a little note there on Facebook Live, let us know about that. We'd love to kind of contact with you and talk with you a little bit and uh, let you feel welcome. We can't shake your hand, uh, but we'll do kind of virtually, we'll give you a handshake virtually and let you know how much we are appreciative that you came and want to be a part of what's going on here as we worship together. And so uh, at this time, as we spend this time in prayer together, uh, get your family together. Uh, let's hold hands. Let's, let's kneel wherever we may be uh, around that house. And uh, let's spend some time in prayer together again this morning. Lord Heavenly Father, we come to you today. and We are so very thankful for yet another opportunity to lift up our hearts and our voices in praise. To come to you and, and to spend this time in prayer and to know you hear us. To know that you know the struggles that we're going through Uh, For many folks, that may be uh, some health issues right now. And and the fear that comes with the unknown in any of those situations, Lord, we hand that anxiety, that that concern over to you. And we know we can trust you as the great physician. For some of us, we have those financial issues going on within our our own lives, within the life of our family, within maybe the life of of friends that we care about. And and we give you all of those um, issues facing us financially This morning, and Lord, maybe we don't know exactly how it's going to all come together so we can pay all those bills and make ends meet, but Lord, you know. Lord, this morning we recognize there are many families that are also struggling just because there's stress there within relationships. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to give one another an extra dose of grace during this difficult season. Uh, Lord, we know that all of us are probably at this point becoming a little hard to, to live with. Um, Just being cooped up together for this many days makes it hard sometimes. But Lord, help us to be gracious to one another. Help us to extend mercy to one another during this season of life. And Lord, I pray that our families might see the opportunity to spend that extra time together. And Lord, that we wouldn't just you know, spend it in front of a television or in front of a, a video game or you know, just distancing ourselves in whichever way, but, but that we would draw close and that we would look for those opportunities to, to have uh, times with our family that will draw us closer and, and uh, allow for conversation and allow us just to uh, really grow during this time. But most importantly this morning, we want to pray for the lost. Maybe it's an individual. Right now, they know that you're speaking to them. Right now they know, Lord, that that you are speaking to them because they are lost. They don't have a relationship with you right now. They know that if if they were honest, that they would have to say that they have never um, come to that place where they have begun a personal love relationship with you. Uh, Lord, they know who who you are maybe in facts. They know things about the Bible. They know things that have been said about you. But they have never trusted you. They have never repented of their sin, meaning turned away from their sin and come after you. And so, Lord, today I pray that even now, that you would begin to touch hearts. And Lord, even now, if an individual says, I don't want to wait until the end of the service, I want to be saved right now, I pray they'd reach out right now on on Facebook Live uh, and and send us a note. And we're going to get to them as quickly as we see that. And we'd love to share with them and be able to talk with them and let them know that they're not alone, that there's going to be somebody there to talk to them uh, about the decisions that they need to make. Lord, I, I know that many of us need to share the gospel with individuals this week. Uh, We we need to be bold in our witness. And so, Lord, give us those opportunities and and help us uh, to, to with love and with grace, share that amazing gospel message, the good news that, Jesus, you love sinners. You love sinners. And we were all in that same situation before we came to you uh, of of lost without hope. Lord, you love us so much that you extend grace. You went to the cross. You died in our place. You shed your blood for the remission of our sins. You are buried for three days. You arose from that grave on the third day in victory. And we can have a relationship with you that will change everything. And so, Lord, today I pray again for this to be a day of salvation. Now, Lord, as we continue to sing, as we continue to praise, have your will and have your way during this time together. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's continue in worship.
1: I hope this beautiful song is your testimony this morning. Amazing grace, my chains are gone I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. 'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me like a flood, His mercy rains, unending love, amazing. Amazing Grace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbade. that last stanza. Sing it out. Here we go. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we know less days to sing God's praise than we begun. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a blood, His mercy reigns. Unending love. Amen.
3: It's fragile. It's a fact we're learning in real time, every day. What we once called normal has seemingly disappeared. There's uncertainty in the air, restlessness in our hearts. Things we once took for granted are becoming difficult to find. Our usual day-to-day has evolved into this odd chaos. Peace is becoming obsolete. Many have lost jobs, security, and those they love. The pain is undeniable. But what if our fragility caused us to lean harder into God? What if in our weakness, we chose to rely more on His strength? Would our outlook change? Would the peace that passes understanding begin to drown out the noise of this moment? Would we walk in a quiet confidence, knowing our God is mighty to save? We're not promised tomorrow, but we are given a simple truth to stand on. Our God goes before us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Yes, life is fragile. But in our weakness, He is strong.
2: Amen. This morning, once again, I just want to brag on you, Brinesburg. You have given so faithfully Uh, during the most difficult season in. Um, many generations and you have continually stepped up to the plate and said God what are you doing where do I need to serve what do I need to do how can I give and we continually are, continually are able each and every week um, to meet needs big and small alike uh, we've continued to be able to meet the needs of folks within our community uh, we've been able to continue to uh, really help the food pantry and uh, Brother Marvin was telling me just on Thursday, uh, he, he said, you know, every time you put out that we need help, people come driving in and they, they're bringing bags of, of, of food supplies. They're, they're sending checks and not just our church, but our sister churches. And, and I'm just so thankful for that. And we continue to be able to uh, give through the cooperative program at the same level as, as we have been. We have continued to be able to support all of our other ministry partners. And so we're just so thankful for that. And I, I know that that's not just true at Brinesburg. And I guess we should not be surprised at the fact that our God uh, puts it on our hearts to join him uh, during this kind of time. But uh, I was on a call with uh, several other pastors here within the state to the Kentucky Baptist Convention. And uh, we're finding that, that all of our churches are seeing that this taking place. That our folks, even though there are many who are experiencing financial hardship, they're continuing to be faithful in their giving. They're continuing to say, God, I don't want to miss out on what you're doing just because this is a difficult time. Because times may be a little tight, I'm going to continue to trust you. And That's just an amazing testimony. It's an amazing testimony that you're giving to us as pastors and and church leaders. As we look and we're like, wow, look how the church is stepping up. Look, Look how God is making himself known in this time. And so I'm just so thankful for that. And again, this morning we have an opportunity to give. Again, this, uh, this morning we have the opportunity to give in three different ways. Uh, of course, you can mail that, uh, that offering, that tithe in, and that will be sent to 892 uh, Brinesburg Road, Benton, Kentucky, 42025. So that's one way you can give. You can still come in on Wednesdays, and you can give. Uh, we got that box set up right there at the office, and so you can just come in, but you'll be buzzed in, and you'll just put that uh, there. Uh, or you can go online to brinesburg.com, Baptist.org, and you'll notice there at the top of the page, there's the Give button. Click on that, and it'll take you in, and it's a very simple process, and you can give through your debit card there. And so many opportunities for us to give, but again, I just thank you, thank you, thank you, Brinesburg, for always being so faithful and, and allowing us to be able to do so many things in ministry uh, because of that faithfulness. Again this morning, though, I want you to be turning in your Bibles uh, to Ephesians chapter 6 as we continue Uh, our series on the whole armor of God and uh, this morning we're going to be in part three of this mini-series and this morning we're going to be looking at the boots of peace and so as you're turning there to Ephesians chapter six let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord Heavenly Father we thank you again today. For yet another opportunity to be reminded of what we have, what we've already been given. Again, that we do not fight for victory, but we fight from victory. And so, Lord, you have called us to put on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand. Because it has already been won. You have already done it all. All we have to do is stand firm. Man, what a blessing. What what an opportunity you give us. And so this morning, I pray that we would see the importance of putting on these boots of peace, that our, our, our feet be shod with the gospel of peace. And as we look at what that means, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be stirred, Lord, to make sure that that's taking place in our lives, making sure that it has taken place in our life. And Lord, that if it hasn't, if we don't yet have a relationship with you, if we don't yet stand in that relationship with you, Lord, I pray that today might be a day of salvation for many of my friends. Who are watching and listening, Lord. Lord, but most of all, I recognize that I am a very weak vessel. Lord, so hide me behind the cross. That only you will be seen and only you would be heard this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we continue through this study, I think it's important for us to continually be reminded uh, why putting on the whole armor of God is so vitally important. It's because verses 10 through 11 introduce us to this subject uh, of spiritual warfare. And we're told that the saints of God are engaged in a great cosmic battle against a powerful and against a relentless foe. Our enemy is called the devil. And he is said to um, employ wiles. He uses that word wiles in verse 11. That word refers to the tricks or the schemes and the methods that the enemy uses to, deter, to try to undermine the faith of the saints and to attack the glory of God. And so God's command to his people is that they stand against these attacks of the enemy. The word stand, again, is, is a military term. The word means to stand, uh, to, to hold a, a, a critical position during a time of the enemy's attack. It's the image of a soldier who is refusing to yield even a single inch to an attacking foe. But it is not the picture of someone on the offensive, but rather it is the picture of a soldier on the defensive who is protecting ground that has already been won. You see, we don't have to earn our salvation We don't have to fight in order to to earn our salvation. Our salvation is a gift from God. It has already been won. It has already been purchased for us. But we are to stand in what the Lord has given to us. And God has given his people so many precious possessions. He has given us truth, his church, his word, his grace, his salvation, and his blessings. And we know that because of that, that the devil wants it all. He knows the possessions that are ours because we are in Christ. And he wants it all. And he will stop at nothing to take everything we have. Everything that's been given to us by the Lord, he will do whatever it takes to try to destroy it. And if we are to keep what we have received from the Lord, then we must stand and we must hold on to this critical ground that we have received from the Lord. And to do that, God says that we must put on the whole armor of God. This passage tells us about the pieces which constitute this armor. And of course, on the first week, we looked at that belt of truth, and then last week we looked at the breastplate of righteousness. And so this morning we continue to discuss the spirit-filled warfare as we consider the boots of peace. And so what does it mean for us to stand with our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? What does that mean? That's what we're going to look at together this morning. And so let's look together at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. He says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. These boots of peace. Why are these boots so desired? Why are the boots desired? Well, we take shoes for granted many times, but... They are vitally important to, to, uh, to, to what we wear. It's a, it's a vitally important part of, of anything that we put on in the morning. We have different shoes for nearly every kind of activity that we have. And I, I have to say that, that I'm one of those guys that has several different pairs of shoes. I have my dress shoes, of course, that I preach in. I have a, a black pair that I'm wearing today with my uh, Johnny Cash get-up here. And uh, I've got my brown pair of shoes uh, that I wear when I have on My my lighter suits. Uh, I have um, casual shoes that I wear. I have my my, my Nike slip-on sandals that I wear. I have my work boots. Now, I know that as a preacher, you don't think that I would need work boots, but I do have work boots that I use occasionally. Uh, I have my basketball high tops that I used to wear a lot. That's getting... Further and further from, from what I can do anymore, but I, I still have those. Uh, I have my my running shoes that I use when I go out and try to keep up with Daniel and Levi, uh, or maybe when I'm just trying to walk behind them, you know. But uh, but I've got those those shoes, and uh, and I wear those, you know, whenever I'm out with them. Uh, but we all have a lot of shoes. I have a lot of shoes. I'm sure that at home you have a lot of shoes. Uh, Now, I don't have as as many pairs of shoes as, as say, Robin or or Liz Kate, uh, but uh, I do have a lot of shoes, And, and ladies, I'm sure that I'm getting a hearty amen this morning from many of you on the need for different shoes for just about every outfit. You understand, ladies understand, probably far greater than some of the men sitting there next to you this morning on the importance of the right pair of shoes. Shoes are important, so... What I plan to do on any given day determines what type of shoes I'm going to put on my feet for that particular day. And so, uh, I, you know, I don't often think about my shoes, though. You know, I don't put a whole lot of thought into them. I just I throw them on and, and I go about my day. But I'm grateful for them. Uh, they protect my feet from the dangers of walking around barefooted. They, they keep my feet warm in the winter. They keep them dry during the rain. They, they, they keep them supported. And that's an important thing as I get older. I'm knowing that i got to wear my shoes in order for just the support. They, they, keep, they keep you safe in many instances from some things that might be on the ground that you don't see. Um, when I was a kid, I have to say that I very you know, very rarely wore shoes. Uh, during the summertime, most of us around here probably have that that same testimony. You know, you didn't wear shoes all that much, but uh, now the the way my life is, I can't really imagine going too many days without my shoes on. And uh, in fact, just you know, being around the house over the last uh, few months here, it's been um, there's been several days that I will go the whole day without putting on shoes, and I'm beginning to learn that I need that support of those shoes, or my feet begin to ache. I actually have to have that's support, or I have you know, problems sometimes with my feet. And so shoes are an important component of our wardrobe. Think about how important shoes are to particular professions. Think about a construction worker. A construction worker would be crazy to go on to a construction site without the proper footwear on. That, you, know, you could lose a toe if you don't have you know, some steel-toed boots on when you're in that environment. Uh, could you imagine a football player or, or a baseball player walking on to the field uh, without their cleats or, or a basketball player or a tennis player walking on uh, to the court without the proper sneakers? And the answer is no, because it does not happen, because athletes understand just how important that the right shoes are for them to excel in their particular sports. And I guess that's why basketball and running shoes right now cost upwards of $100. I mean, apparently they're very, very important, and, and I'm told more and more now that I'm, my kids are getting older just how important the right shoes are. But, you know, we, we understand those things. Shoes are an important part of, of any outfit. As important, though, as our shoes or to a construction worker, or, or to an athlete, or to a businessman, or, or, or to, a, to a housewife, or even to a toddler who's trying to learn how to walk. As important as they were, they were even more important to a Roman soldier. The soldier's life could depend on his shoes. You see, soldiers are required to march long distances, to fight battles in all types of environments, to walk through jungles and over rocks and across stream beds filled with sharp, jagged rocks and slog through the snow and, and cross through the burning sands of the desert. And if a soldier's feet become swollen or tender, cut, or blistered, that soldier could be greatly hindered in the day of battle. So that soldier might be able might not be able to stand when it was time to fight if they did not have their feet shod with the right shoes. He might not be able to march. He might not be able to properly handle his weapon because sore feet would undermine the soldier's ability to stand firm. So the Roman soldier, who is the image here that that the Apostle Paul is using to illustrate the whole armor of God, he wore leather boots that protected the feet and protected the ankles. And so these boots were, were half boots that allowed the soldier to advance towards the enemy. Undistracted on what might be on the next step so this piece of the armor was essential to the roman soldier's preparation for battle these boots usually had what was called hobnailed soles which means that they had these bits of metal or nail driven through them and those hobnailed soles gave the roman soldier great traction as as he climbed up hills and fought on uneven terrain the boots worn by the roman soldier gave him great stability as he engaged the enemy. And if we're going to stand against the wiles of the devil, then we must have on the proper spiritual footwear, Paul says. We can't be girded with the truth and, and, and have on the breastplate of righteousness and then neglect to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, or we are destined to stumble and fall. This is an important piece of the armor. But also, notice what these boots depict here notice what these boots depict the word preparation here refers to being ready and so this same word appears in Titus 3 1 he says put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers to obey magistrates to be ready to every good work a soldier's boots allowed him to be ready for whatever he faced so a good pair of boots made him ready to to march, to stand, to climb, to fight, or, or, or whatever else that he might be called on to do. And that same readiness should mark us as the people of God. So to what does this kind of readiness refer? Well, of course, in one sense, it means that the child of God must always be ready to share the gospel with a lost world. We are to be able to To move at a moment's notice, we're to to be on on the move at at God's command, going from place to place, preaching the gospel to the lost and telling them about Jesus whenever the opportunity might arise. And that's what we talk about uh, of being ready for these gospel conversation moments. You don't know when they're going to be there, but you're ready to go forward when they are. There's a sense in which all believers are to be actively engaged in the business of evangelism. Regardless of of what your title when you go to work is, your main job is to look for gospel opportunities to do the work of an evangelist. Peter said it this way in in 1 Peter 3.15. He said, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready. But when God saved us, he commanded us to tell others what he has done for us and, and what he can do for them. He, he has given us his spirit and the Holy Spirit has equipped us for the work of evangelism. The very heart of our duty is, is to share the gospel. It is to go and tell. That is the Great Commission. That's found there in Matthew 28, 19 through 20 when he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Church, I believe that sharing the gospel with the lost advances the kingdom of God. But also notice what these boots deliver. Notice what these boots deliver. Paul's primary emphasis in our text this morning is not on going, though, but it is actually on the idea of standing. And so Paul is talking about standing and fighting this enemy. And we know that that enemy's name is Satan. And we are to stand and we are to fight. The gospel of peace refers to the glorious news that through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are at peace with God. Now, now, remember that it has not always been that way. That's something important for all of us. Maybe you've been saved for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, maybe 80 years. And it's important for us to remember that it has not always been that way. There was a time when we were not at peace with God. Before we were saved, we were the enemies of God. When God saved us, He reconciled us to Himself. And when He did, He declared us to be at peace with Him. That's what Paul explains to the Romans in Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so now in Jesus, the saints of God are at peace with God. Colossians 1.21-22 And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Bryansburg, the gospel of peace that Paul refers to here, is the marvelous news that in Christ we are at peace with God. It is the glorious truth that we have been made one with the Lord. So having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace means that we stand in the absolute confidence that God loves us, that God has forgiven us, that he has united with us, that we have this relationship with him that can be unbroken, that he fights for us, and that all Is well with our souls. And that's good news. That is the gospel. And so it is the confidence that we are saved. To have that peace is the knowledge that beyond a shadow of doubt, I know that I am a child of God. Can you say that this morning? That I know in the deepest part of my heart that I am a child of God. I hope that you can say that. I hope that you can. When we have that kind of confidence and when we possess the peace of God in our heart, then we are ready. We're ready at that point to stand against the enemy who is coming against us. Examples of this kind of peace are found all throughout Scripture. I think about the children of Israel under the leadership of Gideon who witnessed the Lord reduce the size of that army from 32,000. That's a pretty good-sized standing army. From 32,000 down to 300. And those 300 men placed their confidence in the Lord, and they followed him into battle. And they saw the Lord defeat an immense Midianite army without the use of a single weapon that they would, that they would wield. All those men did was they broke their clay jars, allowing a lamp inside to shine. And then they blew a trumpet and they cried out, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And their faith in the Lord promised that they would have confidence, that a victory would come. And the victory certainly did come there in Judges chapter 6. Then in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the people of Judah were about to be invaded by the powerful armies of the Ammonites and the Moabites, and they were afraid. But the Lord spoke to King Jehoshaphat, and He said, in Second Chronicles uh, twenty verse fifteen, second part of that verse, He says, "Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's." And so then in verses. 18 through 23, it tells us about what happened next. And, and we see that Judah experienced a great victory because they took God at his word and stood in their confidence in him. We think about Simon Peter as he drew that sword against the soldiers who, who came to arrest Jesus there in the garden of, of, of Gethsemane. And, and he did this, and, and, I, and I want you to understand why he did this here and then why he didn't have the confidence To be so bold in the courtyard. What you have to understand is is he did this because he had just seen this group who had come to arrest Jesus, this crazy mob that had been sent to arrest Jesus. He saw that entire group fall on the ground after asking Jesus if he was the one they saw. And Jesus' reply is, I am he. And they hit the ground. They all hit the ground at the words of Jesus saying, I am. He using that great, great title of the Old Testament of I am. And the power of his word brought those those men to their knees. And in that moment, Peter thought to himself, I'm invincible because I'm with him. I'm with Jesus. So he took his sword and he said, let's do this, guys. Let's go to battle. He was ready to take on whoever came his way because he saw himself as invincible because he saw that Jesus was all-powerful. And he thought, there's nothing that we can't do here. We see here that the redeemed child of God who stands in the Lord's power and in full assurance of the Lord's salvation does not have to fear any enemy, even if that enemy is Satan himself. When we are attacked, we stand on the firm, unchanging ground of the gospel of grace. And the same gospel that converted us from sinners into saints. It's the same gospel that changed God from our enemy into now our protector. We who were once outsiders have now become the sons and daughters of God. He is our heavenly father. We are his children. We call the king of kings daddy now. We run to him and we are embraced by him. Everything we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, as verse 10 says, is now at our disposal. Our confidence in the day of battle does not rest in our own power. That's that's the way Peter understood it. In the courtyard... Peter knew that it was in his power and he knew he could do nothing and so he was a little more timid. But there in the garden, he knew it wasn't in his power, it was going to be in the power of Jesus and he was ready to stand and fight. But we see our confidence in the day of battle does not rest on our own power but in the promises of God. So here's what he promises his children. Romans chapter 8 verses 31 through 39. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, Who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distresses or persecutions or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I get a hearty amen at home this morning? That is the promise that has been given to us. Those promises, those truths are the shoes that give us the ability to stand in the evil day. The truth that we are loved by the Lord gives us the confidence to stand. And the truth that we are saved by His grace gives us the confidence to stand. The truth that we are His children gives us the confidence to stand. And the truth that we are in His tender care and that He has promised to stand with us to protect us, to keep us, and defend us, to get, should give us confidence this morning to stand. So the question here is, are you ready to stand today? Do you have absolute confidence in your heart this morning that God has saved your soul, that he has forgiven your sins, and that he has adopted you into his family? Listen to me this morning. I love you, but Jesus loves you more. And he doesn't want you to go through this life questioning your salvation. You, are, you either are or you aren't. And so this, this morning, are you saved? Have you given your heart? Have you given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? If you can't simply answer that, yes, I am saved. Yes, I am his. Yes, he has come into my heart and in my life and he has transformed me. If you can't answer that this morning. Why go another day with those questions in your heart and in your mind? I've had people throughout the last few weeks who have either called or they have texted and they've said, Brother Brad, I want to get it settled. I want to get it right. And we've talked. And some folks have said, I was lost and I need to be saved. And some folks have said, thank you for finally explaining it in such a way where I know that, yeah, that's the decision that was made. I gave my life to Jesus that day, and now I can have peace and I can move forward. Whatever it means to you today, Let's get it straight. If you have that kind of confidence, then you can stand regardless of what the enemy tries to throw at you. And he will throw the doubt of your salvation at you if that's a question in the back of your mind. So we need to get that settled, folks. We need to get that settled. And if you do not have that deep, settled confidence in your heart, then you're always going to be unstable in battle. If you don't have on those shoes, if those boots of peace are not there, you're constantly not going to have the stability and you're going to easily fall. Unless you are grounded in absolute assurance of salvation, the enemy will have little trouble knocking you off of your feet. And so you can be sure. You can have confidence this morning. You can know him and the power that he will give you to stand. You can be stable. You can be strong. You can be sure. To have that stability, you just need to come and be saved. And when you are, the enemy will have a hard time with you because you will be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Do you have the right shoes on this morning? Do you have the right shoes on for the battle that we will face today and tomorrow and the next day? Are you wearing the right shoes? If the Lord has spoken to you about this matter, I want you to, I want you to pray today. I want you to make decisions today. I, I want you to know that you're not alone. Just because we're not right here all together in this sanctuary doesn't mean that, that we're not ready to talk to you today. And so I hope that you'll reach out. Again, you can right there on Facebook Live for folks that are there. Uh, You can just go right there, and whatever your questions may be, we're going to be monitoring that, and and we can answer your questions as they come. Or you can call me or text me, and my phone number again is 270-703-9900. Many of you have already done this. Reach out. Reach out. Just like you would come down to the the front of the church, down this aisle, and I would grab you, and we'd hug up, and, and, and we'd share together, and we'd pray together. We can do that, and I can't hug you right now. But virtually, I'll give you a hug. But we can share together, and you can have peace this morning, okay? And so reach out today. If God's spoken to your heart, don't say, well, I'm just going to wait until we get back into the sanctuary. No, let's get, let's get this straight right now. Don't lose another month of excuses saying, well, I'm going to wait until we're back in the sanctuary. You make decisions today the Lord has put upon your heart, okay? And the Lord will get the glory from that. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Heavenly Father, we, we come to you once again this morning as we close and we thank you we thank you for the peace that we can have in our salvation lord that that when the when the evil day comes when the enemy comes to attack that we can stand firm not in our power but in yours and so lord help us to put on those boots of peace and help us to stand in the evil day lord we are going through a difficult day right now and lord we need this assurance more now than ever and so, Lord, if there's anybody today that has questions, if there's anybody that just needs to reach out and, and, and have somebody pray with them, I want them to know that they're they are not alone. That, Lord, they, they've got a church family that you've given to them, and we'd love to, to reach out to them. And whether it's through text or whether it's through a message on Facebook Live or whether it's through a, a phone call, Lord, we want to reach out. We want to be, be right there with them. And so uh, I pray that folks would be ready to, to make those decisions today, to your honor and to your glory. So uh, again, just help me to get out of the way. And you do the work right now that only you can do, Lord. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, Bryansburg, I love you. Thank you for joining us this morning. And have a great week.
0: Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with the relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, thanks for listening, and may God bless you and your family.